Hey everyone, David Nagel here. I'd like to welcome you to the Successful Mind Podcast. On today's show, I'm diving into my vast catalog of archived materials to share with you what I'm calling Lessons from the Vault. Periodically, I'm going to be sharing with you lessons from classes that I've taught in the past. Since most of these were done over the phone, you may notice a difference in audio quality. I'm hoping that doesn't diminish your listening experience because the content is something that I'm very proud of. All right, let's open the vault. Successful people learn how to make their mind work for them. I'm David Nagel, and this is the Successful Mind Podcast. Today I've got five points that I want to cover uh, to help you uh, be more successful this year than uh, any previous year. And I just want to kind of jump right into it. Um, uh, the five points are uh, thought ideas that I think you should write down and keep in front of you as you outline your goals and your strategies for the year and what it is that you really want. Um, they are uh, 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 five points that have helped me throughout the years and continue to help me. And I find that whenever I get away from them, uh, I usually get myself into trouble. So the first one is a quote from uh, Carl Jung where he said that the only sin is being unconscious. And uh, it's a fascinating statement uh, by him considering that we hear so much about sin in, in religious terms and ethical values and moral obligations, that type of thing as we go through life. But the... The idea behind the statement really is that um, being unconscious does something very interesting for us as human beings, and that's that it creates uh, an alternate destiny, if you will, in our life, uh, primarily because we end up following uh, the unconscious ideas of other people. And we a lot of times a person will become conscious enough to where they will uh, begin to ask the question, you know, what is the purpose of my life? What is my destiny? Um, what should I do? Uh, and, and it's a constant question that runs around in a person's head. Am I on the right track? Am I doing the right thing? This type of thing. <laughs> it is it is fault with uh, the ideas that uh Things are, are coming difficult to them uh, or not coming at all. Uh, they're, they're met with constant problems, challenges that seem insurmountable uh, in their life. And um, it just struggles in a way where generally people will walk around and even say that they're happy and find out that they're, they're really not. They're just pretty damn miserable uh, with how they're approaching things. And if we, if we follow Young's advice and we, we say, you know, uh, what is it to be conscious? Um, it's, it's simple and both complicated. The, the simple part 
is that can you stand a side of yourself and really observe yourself without judgment? You know, really watch your behavior, watch your thinking patterns, uh, pay attention to your emotions. And when I say without judgment, I say this in a, in the sense where we're really standing back and we're saying, I'm really responsible for all of it, everything that's going on. And no matter who's in my life or what they're doing in my life or what's taking place in my life, ultimately I'm the one in charge and it's the decisions that I make that are going to move me forward or they're going to keep me stuck in uh, whatever problem or situation that I'm, that I'm experiencing. Even if we don't know how to make the change, um, very often we think we have to know how to make the change in order to pursue the purpose and, and uh, you know, really get on the right track and alleviate some of the problems that we have. But you're going to find out that it's more ideological uh, in the sense that uh, that consciousness and unconsciousness is not um, as much about doing as it is a, a state of mind. And it's, it is true that um, there's a difficulty in changing that state of mind, but only to the point of that you're willing to let go of things that you're attached to psychologically, emotionally. If you're willing to let go of those things, the state of mind can actually be pretty easy. It, 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 it then becomes um, relatively simple uh, to make the required changes to allow more of the truths of life to come into your existence so that you can experience um, the things that you truly want to experience versus uh, things that you're constantly butting your head up against on a consistent basis. Point number two uh, follows this, and the statement is basically this. God shows up where other gods or when other gods leave. So you could say God shows up, spirit shows up, however, however it is that you want to, to put this. Um, it has been a search for humans for thousands of years uh, to find God and the, the, all the different rituals that people have come up with and, and go through in order to uh, try to accomplish this practice um, are met with a lot of trouble until a person's willing to let go of the other gods that rule their life. And the, the second point comes with the idea that you sit down and just put a little bit of thought into what controls your thinking. Um, we all have things that are controlling our thinking other than the purpose that we're here. Uh, when I've done calls on vision before, I've talked about when you create the vision, the vision dictates who you need to be, what your behavior needs to be, um, how you need to set up your life. It, it, it dictates everything. And the vision, of course, that stems from, uh, you know, the purpose. Um, even if the purpose isn't clear, the vision usually comes out of the desire or the want for your life, and then it, it begins to transform as you, as you move into it. Um, so the idea here is that 
Number one, we become conscious, we become self-introspective, that we're able to look at ourselves with, uh, with an inner eye of understanding, with an eye of truth, as to, you know, what is it that we're observing, and then what do we need to remove as far as what's ruling our life that is not in harmony with the direction that we want to go. And here's the thing, again, you don't have to have your whole life fully laid out in front of you to make some of these decisions, right? If you know that you want to practice a life of abundance, yet the decisions of how you spend money and how you spend your day uh, are really poverty-stricken uh, or lack-minded, then if those don't change, you're never going to step into, you're never really going to step into abundance. It's, it's just not going to happen. They're, they're polar opposites. They contradict their, themselves. Um, uh, there is a, uh, uh, a complete um, uh, erroneous factor to practicing what it is that you say that you don't want uh, and expecting something different. If you want uh, um, better relationships in your life, uh, you know, the, the, the idea of judgment and fault-finding and fact-causing, um, uh, these types of things do not build relationships. But, you know, the ideas that, that, that bring in community between people of, non-judgment, tolerance, uh, acceptance, uh, yeah, this type of thing. Um, it, it was, it's, it's really interesting. I'll just, I'll just make the, bring this story up. I was riding in a car with a few people the other day, and we were riding down the street, and uh, we happened to pass a, a Chick-fil-A uh, place, I guess like a chicken sandwich is there or whatever. And somebody said, Oh, they have really good sandwiches there, but I, you know, I won't buy anything from them because I don't agree with their ideology. They're hardcore Christians. They're against uh, gay people, you know, whatever. <laughs> and I didn't really say a whole lot about it. And that's interesting. I really didn't know that. Uh, and I began to think about it a little bit. And I, and I thought to myself, well, why is it that we cannot allow people to have their viewpoint um, without pushing against them. In other words, like if you enjoy the sandwich there, uh, but you don't agree with their uh, religious bent or their political bent, what does that matter? Uh, we're supposed to be living in a time where acceptance of other people's opinions and what they believe is supposed to be okay um, why is it that we have to punish them for believing something that is that is different uh, than you know than you than you want to believe? So the reason I bring that story up is because it, it's something that just um, that I had the opportunity of experiencing and I gave some thought to. And you might want to think about it yourself. Uh, it doesn't mean that you have to agree with somebody uh, to patronize them. Um, or to uh, uh, not find not find fault, not you know just come from a place of uh, of understanding. When we do this, 
we start to remove the false gods in ourselves that really dictate how our life is actually being run. Uh, because like I said, most of them come from other people anyway. It's not really what your, what your true self is. You cannot have a polar opposite um, realm of decision-making going on in your life and expect something different. So you just have to sit down and give some thought into this and, you know, really look at how do I begin living different regardless of what uh, uh, the facts seem to say that are in my life because that's how things change. And this comes to uh, point number three, success is easy, but it requires diligent work. And many of you may have heard me tell the story before that when I worked with my mentor and I was having, I was going through major breakthroughs in my life, most of them financially uh, at the time, I was, I, I hit a place where I like slammed right into a brick wall. Um, I really wanted to go from 50000 a year to 50000 a month. And uh, my mentor was an interesting uh, gentleman, and he would just keep saying to me, David, it's easier to make 50000 a month than it is to make 50000 a year. And, of course, you know, my mind at the time kept butting up against that, that comment, you know, I, I, I wasn't thinking about how I was thinking. I was just reacting to the statement. And I would think, yeah, it's easier for you. Yeah, you're a smart ass. You, you know, you're teasing me, uh, you know, that type of thing. And he was really trying to get, he wasn't doing any of those things. He was really trying to get a point uh, deep into my consciousness that my approach to what I was doing was difficult. And this is a this is a point that, uh, over the 15 years or so that I've been teaching this, I have run up against uh, many people that really misunderstand this concept. It's true that success is easy. It's true that earning a lot of money is easy. Uh, that does not mean that it does not require a lot of work. Uh, it does not mean that it doesn't require discipline, diligent work. Uh, you call it hard work if you want to. Uh, what it shouldn't entail is work that is primarily unenjoyable. Um, we all have to do some things in life on occasion that we don't enjoy doing, but our primary mode of working should be something that we actually do enjoy. So the idea is to start putting into your mind success is easy, Success is easy. Success is easy. Uh, it it really is when it comes right down to when it comes right down to it. You can put this. You can you can write this down. It, it's a. I don't think that you'll find this anywhere as a definition. But I'm going to give you a definition of success that you may have not have thought of before. Um, and this is this is mine. Um, success equals agreement. Uh, success equals agreement. And what that means is that in order for us to be um, a success today, and I'm not talking about an emotional success, and of all that would require an internal agreement, I'm talking about outward success, you know, um, businesses, money, you know, this type of thing. 
Uh, there has to be some kind of an agreement that takes place between you and others. It doesn't have to be between you and everybody. It just needs to be between you and some other people. Um, I've often said that it actually in business and with all businesses, the majority of the interaction is in the form of no. Um, you know, even when you think of, of businesses that are enormous, uh, with their uh, amount of people that purchase from them, people like uh, Apple computers, right, something like that, um, still the majority of the world doesn't use Apple and doesn't need to be for it to be enormously successful. And, you know, the same thing with, with any other company out there that you could think of that is enormously uh, successful. The, the majority of the planet does not eat at McDonald's, and yet, McDonald's, unfortunately, is still one of the uh, the top food chains uh, in the world, right? So, and you can you know you can find a correlation between this and and every other business that you see. You only need a certain amount of people to agree with whatever it is that you're putting out there in the world for you to become uh, enormously successful uh, financially for yourself. So. No is part of the game, right? It is part of the, the entire situation. You're always going to get more no's than you get yeses. Whether you know them or not, that's the way that it's going to be, but you don't need that many for you, for your, you know, to actually be really successful, which brings me to point number four. Money is everywhere, but you must ask. Um, if you are, and I guess this, you know, in, in all of these, uh, are really kind of related to one another. When I think of money is everywhere, but you must ask, it is one of the most difficult things for people to get over and to get past uh, that are on this journey uh, to becoming, you know, uh, financially uh, wealthy for themselves. Um, so in order for you to receive money, somebody has to buy something somewhere. I don't care how it is that you receive it. Somebody's buying something in order to make that transaction eventually filter down into your pocket um, so that you can benefit from it. <laughs> and, of course, the idea is that it's, uh, that it's an equal transaction, right, that, that people are benefiting from whatever it is that you're selling and, and putting out to the world, and then they're paying for it. Um, but if you're not willing to ask in one way or another, uh, it's not going to happen. Uh, asking... Uh, or sales, if you put it in the, in the terms of sales, is the only thing that moves money all over the world. It, and without that, it doesn't, nothing happens. Um, I don't care what business that you have, if it's uh, uh, a hospital, if it's a lottery, if it's a trucking company, um, it could be a uh, um, uh, an orphanage, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. In order for it to be profitable, in order for it to run, in order for it to work, even nonprofits, right, sales has to take place within the organization in order for the money to move. And it, it requires that there are uh, people that are in charge of those sales that constantly keep those transactions moving back and forth in order for it to be profitable. So, Number four, money is everywhere, uh, but you must ask. <laughs> and then 
Number five uh, is what fascinates you. And the reason that I'm putting this in here is because I remember that, you know, when I was, when I was young, um, I spent a lot of time thinking about, when I'm young, I mean, you know, a, a child, a teenager, um, young adult, a lot of time thinking about uh, what do I want to do, what can I do, why am I here, you know, running the whole gamut of those questions like, like a lot of people do. And I found myself in a situation, if you remember the story, when I got sucked through the dam uh, in, uh, in 1989 and I was, I was hurt really bad. Um, the problem, the thing that I gained the most awareness about at the time, where I kind of came to that very first fact about being conscious, was I, there were so many things that I could not seem to get myself to do. When I was a kid, uh, and I was in school, uh, the last thing that I wanted to do when I came home was do homework. Uh, you know, to crack open uh, texts and volume after volume and read and study and take notes and, and do all that kind of stuff. And today, uh, the paradox is, is that I'm an avid student. Um, I have a huge library. I'm always reading, uh, you know, usually several books um, at, the, at the same time. Uh, I take volumes of notes, um, and this was, you know, 30 years ago, this was not who I was. Uh, but you have to ask the question, or was it? And I think the question, the truth of the question is, or was it? Because if I had just developed the belief that I hate school, uh, I don't like to study, um, that type of thing, I probably would not be anywhere where I am today. And I remember thinking to myself when I was a kid, was there anything in school that I was actually good at? And the truth was there, there, were, there were. There were a few things that, that I was good at. And the things that I was good at were things that really fascinated me when I was a kid. And I could remember facts, figures, dates, you know, formulas, whatever it was, um, about those things with relative ease. And I have worked with uh, many people that have been, that are actually considered learning disabled, uh, or have been, you know, labeled learning disabled in their lifetime. And yet they have the same ability. And the truth of the matter is everybody has the same ability when it comes down to something that fascinates them. Uh, when we're fascinated by something, it's extraordinary uh, not only what can we retain about the topic, but how we lose track of time, and with relative ease, we find ourselves within that topic, whatever it is that's actually fascinating us. So this is a – I find this to be a very big and relative point for most individuals because – it's, it is, it is generally something in a person's life that for whatever reason they were given a negative message about, uh, and they won't actually step into in their life, uh, that allows them to make success the easy part that I actually talk about. Because if you've got to force yourself on a consistent basis to do something that you absolutely cannot stand to do, 
you know as well as I do, unless you've got an iron will, um, you're just not going to do it. It, it just, it, or you're not going to do it for very long. So uh, people go through all kinds of crazy gyrations to, you know, strengthen that part of themselves over and over and over again. And generally they're just not happy with it at all, but they never really ask themselves the question, what is it that actually fascinates me? And how does that translate into what it is that I say that I want in life? So if you think about where you are right now and what, what it is that you want to really accomplish for this year, um, because you should be setting some big audacious goals for yourself uh, for 2015. Uh, I know that I am, and um, uh, I think that, that you should also uh, to the point where, you know, they're, they're, they're exciting, right? But you have to ask yourself this. What about what you do or what you want to do really fascinates you? What is it, you know, because when, you, when you're talking about being fascinated by something, you're bringing in uh, a different energy into your being. You know, it's an energy that can work uh, without working, you know, so you're not exhausted four or five hours into what it, what it is that you're, uh, what, what you're doing. You can lose track of time. It's the thing that gets you to forget about being hungry. Uh, it's the thing that gets you to uh, ignore having to go to the bathroom or take a break or, or you know, fantasize about being someplace else or, or doing something else. Uh, you're really just engrossed in the process of the thing that's actually fascinating you. And the sooner that you get clear on that, the sooner that you get to the point where you can start accepting what it actually is. Because until you accept it, uh, you, you do the polar opposite, which is reject it. And then you spend your life doing what you think that you have to do uh, instead of the thing that's actually uh, fascinating. Now, I will tell you, I will, I will bring a, a slight little warning to this. <coughs> Excuse me. Fascination, being fascinated with something, is not to be confused with using something as an escape mechanism. Um, they can seem the same because they, they take your, your mind is engrossed in something uh, completely different. Like, you know, somebody can be completely fascinated with and totally engrossed with, you know, looking at nature or watching a sunset or, you know, uh, reading a book or, you know, something like that. That doesn't necessarily necessitate that that is the thing that you're fascinated with that will move your life forward. Um, you're looking for the thing, the productive thing that actually fascinates you and how that actually translates into, you know, what it is that you want to do. What, what do you want to accomplish? Then, you know, the, the next question that I usually get is, well, that's, you know, that's just great. Now what do I do with the rest of it? And there, you know, the idea really is, is that you hinder your weaknesses in life. Um, when you're building a business, you're usually generally good at, you know, one or two or three things. And you've got to hire people that are really good at the things that you're really not good at doing. And when you do that, you actually set up an ease and flow 
in your life so that you can really focus on being so great in what you do. If you're focused in things that you're not really great doing, uh, it really beats you down psychologically. It is not good for your self-esteem. It's not good for your self-image. It's not good for your self-worth. Um, when those things start to shrink, then even the thing that you are good at and the thing that does fascinate you, it loses its appeal. And when that starts to happen, you start to see people do things like they start to become depressed, you know. Uh, they start to lose their zeal for life. Um, they start to lose their wonderment. They start to lose the magic, uh, you know, that, that life has to offer. And, you, you know, then you see people talk about, you know, is this all there is? And, you know, I'm just not happy with things. I can't find what I want to do because their focus has become so narrowed uh, following, uh, you know, the self-image that they're actually creating for themselves, uh, beating themselves up, doing what it is that they that they really don't uh, enjoy doing. So I'll just run through the run through them one more time in case you didn't get them, and then Steph will open it up for some questions. Number one was the quote from Carl Jung. The only sin is being unconscious. Number two, God shows up when other gods leave. Number three, success is easy but requires diligent work. Number four, money is everywhere, but you must ask. And number five, what fascinates you? Thanks for listening to the Successful Mind Podcast. And if you like what you heard and you want to know more, go to davidnagel.com forward slash free stuff.